It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented as always by betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts just take that promo code podcast1 over to betonline.ag so that you get that glorious 50% five zero. Welcome bonus. He is Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. He is the man that dominates this podcast. I am merely Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Remember, giving away yet another Madden this week. Just take advantage of any of the new sponsors that you hear here that I mentioned on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, or that you see on the Sponsors tab over at RossTucker.com. As always, Joe, we'll start with Thursday night. It's the Chiefs at the Broncos. Chiefs have slowed down a little bit, Joe. Does that affect you in any way in terms of their fantasy matchups? Now they're going against a really good Broncos defense. It's playing awesome right now. I'm curious to get your thoughts both for season long and for daily for the Chiefs offense? Well, the thing with the Chiefs here is, look, I I mentioned it on last week's podcast. You have to grade uh, Patrick Mahomes on a curve right now, right? His his baseline and his ceiling is just so much higher than everybody else's. And based on that kind of, uh, let's just say that standard he set for himself, he's not playing up to that standard. He's finished outside the top 10 at the quarterback position three straight weeks while the Broncos are allowing just 10.4 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. So this is a really top, tough Bronco defense. And the area where this Bronco defense has most improved, though, over the last couple weeks is on the ground. Vic Fangio obviously got after this defense and said after they gave up 225 yards to Leonard Fournette in week four, this cannot happen. This will not happen again. The last two weeks, Melvin Gordon and Derrick Henry, 59 yards rushing on 27 carries combined. So this Bronco defense has absolutely come to life. And I think this poses a little bit of a problem for the Chiefs because the Chiefs running backs have carried the ball just 20 times for 79 yards over the last two weeks combined. We've seen this from Andy Reid in the past. We've seen him do these things where he gets away from the run and he just puts too much on his quarterback. And I think right now he is putting too much on Patrick Mahomes, given that Patrick Mahomes is not 100 percent. All these reasons combined are why the Broncos are only three point uh, un, are only three point underdogs, maybe more uh, more short an underdog than you might think. Right. Um, so, what else needs to be said? You talked about Mahomes and the expectations. What about the specifically Chiefs running back, still running back by committee? Uh, I think Tyree Kill played a lot more and did a lot more than I thought he was going to do last week. What about Hill and Kelsey? Is it again just? You got him, you start him. What about for Daly? You think there's yeah, some well, matchups or no? Sammy Watkins is out, so there's going to be more uh, opportunity here for Tyreek Hill. Um, Chris Harris has been excellent this year. Um, 
since Tyrell Williams went off against the the uh, Broncos in the opener, the number one wide receiver, I guess you, who you would call the biggest fantasy asset wide receiver for opposing teams, has been under 10 fantasy points per game in PPR in the last five games. So this is a tough matchup for Tyree Kill, though you're obviously starting him anyway. If I'm playing single game slates for DFS, the guy I want is Kelsey. Kelsey has gone up and over 19 fantasy points in five straight games against the Broncos. Uh, he also uh, went under 10 fantasy points for the first time last week. I think they're going to get Travis Kelsey going that's the guy I want as my captain or my MVP on my DFS teams okay um anything else to be said about the running back or wide receivers uh Williams uh, Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy are both flexes although I would expect Reed to try to run the ball a little bit more again I just think he's putting a little bit too much on Patrick Mahomes right now okay what about on the other side the Broncos hasn't been pretty offensively but uh they've won a couple games in a row and they're playing against a Chiefs defense that's gotten run over a couple weeks in a row. I would expect the run game to be really, really important for the Broncos in this one. I actually have both Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman ranked inside my top 20 this week. Um, and, and that's not to say that I think uh, the Broncos are going to be able to run with the Chiefs. It's just that I think they're going to use the old adage. And it's been working for teams right now the last couple weeks. Run the ball. Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. That has been the formula that has, has been successful for opposing teams. And Philip Lindsay, I think, is the better back. He has 18 more carries than Royce Freeman. The surprise has been that Freeman's been kind of the passing down back. And right now, Royce Freeman has the most touches of any player in the entire NFL who has not scored a touchdown with 87. So uh, getting Royce Freeman into the end zone, I think, is going to be a priority for the Broncos in this game. I have Philip Lindsay as a low-end running back, too, and Royce Freeman— uh, excuse me, as a low-end running back one, and Royce Freeman is squarely on the RB2 radar this week against the Chiefs. I think the Broncos are going to want to go after a defense that's allowed nearly 200 rushing yards per game over the last four weeks. Uh, any thoughts on Broncos tight end, uh, Noah Fan, or any of the receivers? Noah Fant's still just a stash for me at, at this point. He's not getting enough done. Um, although, if you are really desperate, um, Darren Fells and Jordan Aikens went for over 100 yards against the Chiefs. So, Fant, if you're desperate, single-game single game DFS-type slate guy, I think you could throw him in there. Uh, Cortland Sutton right now is an every-week wide receiver three. Um, he's had seven targets and four catches in every game. And Emmanuel Sanders is expected to play in this game. Uh, I think that's worth noting. Uh, by the way, uh, the Chiefs are not going to have Chris Jones, the defensive tackle, which helps the run the, the run game for the Broncos even more. So I would anticipate that uh, this is going to be a run first uh, a run first game with occasional looks to Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant for Joe Flacco, who is a lower end streamer, only because I think they're going to want to try to run the ball. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next game then. It's the Niners and the Redskins Sunday one o'clock. Niners, uh, they weren't great offensively without their offensive tackles, without Kyle Juszczyk. They're going against the Redskins. Who do we need to know about for the Niners from a fantasy perspective this weekend? Uh, George Kittle. Uh, George Kittle is uh, is phenomenal. Uh, Washington uh, is giving up just up and over five catches per game to tight ends. Uh, um, they're they're allowing just over 50 yards per game. George Kittle special. So George Kittle is the guy uh, that you really want to focus on here. The problem is 
the 49ers have tightened up their wide receiver rotation. Uh, both both uh, Kendrick Bourne and Richie James were under 30% of the snaps last week, but we're not getting enough production from the guys who are left over to really consider any of them. Uh, Dante Pettis is the guy I'm watching right now because his snaps were at a season high. Uh, they were at se- they were uh, at 71% last week. I think he narrowly missed a touchdown or two in that game, as did Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel narrowly missed a touchdown. So I'm just keeping an eye uh, on on those guys. If I had to play one, it would be Dante Pettis because he's been playing most of his snaps out of the slot. So of those guys, he would be the one um, I'd focus on. Uh, in the backfield, Matt Breida is a flex, but I think Tevin Coleman is an RB2 play right here because they are big-time favorites. Washington's been getting creamed on the ground, and, um, and they're – with Tevin Coleman, by the way, last week played over 56% of the snaps. Matt Breida was just up and over a third of the snaps. So I think this is a Tevin Coleman spot for him. So I think it's George Kittle for sure. I want Tevin Coleman in my lineups. Uh, Tevin Coleman, a sneaky DFS play as well uh, on the road here against Washington. Uh, they're 10-point favorites. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, a eh, mediocre streamer. I have him in like the 14 to 15 range at quarterback. Are there? I mean, it's unbelievable. They they're doing all this without doing much at receiver at all. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and that that's a testament to Kyle Shanahan and his ability to scheme. I think right now because he doesn't have he has Kittle. Kittle is Kittle is an unbelievable receiver. He's a guy you scheme for. He's a guy you plan to make plays. But everything else in this offense is so schemed. It's so predetermined. It's just. Kyle Shanahan says, all right, I have these chess pieces. Let me draw up a play with them. And and I don't think he, to make a basketball analogy, I don't think Kyle Shanahan has a James Harden out there. He's not running ISO offense. Everything is a piece that fits together. And that's why it's been, despite the fact that the 49ers are 5-0 and are the hottest team in football right now, everybody's talking about them. They really haven't been a high-end fantasy team. And I think that's a testament to Kyle Shanahan and how he's scheming around some of these teams' weak, the, the team's weaknesses right now, which include at the tackle position. Obviously, they lost check the fullback. And also, they don't really have that go-to wide receiver. On the other side, you've got the Redskins. It was a heavy dose of Adrian Peterson against the Dolphins. And Terry McLaurin, good at football. What do you got? Uh, McLaurin, you're playing for sure this week uh, with the Redskins uh, underdogs. And last week was kind of a unicorn if you had Adrian Peterson. They were favorites, and I don't think that's going to happen much, if at all, anymore this year. Maybe they'll be favored in another game or two, but uh, the markets have correctly have correctly signaled this team is one of the worst in the NFL. Um, so Adrian Peterson, while I think – I mean, it's kind of amazing, Russ. This guy looks awesome. He looks really good, but he's kind of a he's kind of in the wrong situation. He's on a bad football team. If he was on the Seahawks, I think we'd be playing him each and every week if he was playing Chris Carson's role. But because he's on this team, you have to be really careful. And the fact that that he's that they are significant underdogs in this spot against the 49ers, against that defensive front, there is no way I want Adrian Peterson in my lineups. The two I can consider from Washington this week are Terry McLaurin with the 49ers probably holding Akello Witherspoon. I think he's got the the high ankle. I think they're going to be holding him out yet another week. And Chris Thompson with them playing from behind. So I think Chris Thompson is a PPR running back flex. And Terry McLaurin at this point is an each and every week wide receiver two or three. Uh, I do fear 
this front against Washington's offensive line. But I do think McLaurin has the speed and the juice to make enough plays to make it worthwhile playing him. But I would be benching Adrian Peterson this week. If I'm playing a running back from this team, it's Chris Thompson. Got it. Okay, um, let's move on to the next game. The Arizona Cardinals at the New York Giants. Now, we are recording this a day later than we normally do. And uh, I still don't feel like we have very much information, though, about the Giants' skill guys, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. I mean, based on what we know now, what are you thinking? Well, according to Beat Writer reports, all three of those guys, Shepard, Barkley, and Ingram, were out there looking good at the media availability portion of practice for the Giants. That's really good news. Uh, my, just knowing Saquon Barkley and knowing how big a freak he is, I would anticipate he's going to play in this game. And uh, that automatically makes him a top three running back in my rankings. I can't justify ranking him any lower than that. I have him at number three right now. Um, keep an eye on Wayne Gallman's status as well. John Hilleman, uh, the guy who was the fill-in, didn't do particularly well. They actually ended up cutting him. So uh, Barkley and Gallman, I, I, I'm expecting it to be Barkley this week. And the elephant in the room is obviously Evan Ingram because he missed last week's game, uh, the Thursday night game. But this is the Arizona defense against tight ends. And once again, after uh, they got they got uh, creamed uh, by the tight end position the last couple of weeks or the, the basically the entire season. And really only Tyler Eifert is the guy uh, who didn't get it going against them. I anticipate Evan Ingram to be the big time go to guy in this passing game, especially if Sterling Shepard misses another game. He's probably the iffiest of those three players to play. Uh, I expect that the Giants are going to filter production to the middle of the field with Golden Tate and with Evan Ingram to avoid the returning Patrick Peterson. Remember, Patrick Peterson is coming back from suspension. So whether that's Sterling Shepard or whether that's Darius Slayton, that's going to be a tough matchup on the outside. I would think Daniel Jones is going to want to filter the ball inside to Evan Ingram and to Golden Tate. Golden Tate is a really strong wide receiver three, and I have Evan Ingram ranked as my number one tight end this week. Wow. Okay. Um, what about on the other side? for the Arizona Cardinals, who I don't know if they're getting their offense going or they played the Bengals and Falcons. Do you have a do you have a, an opinion on that? What I think is really interesting about the Cardinals right now is they've kind of gone away from the 10 personnel. Now, part of that has been because of necessity with no Christian Kirk. But last week, Max Williams, their tight end, actually played more snaps than all but two of the Cardinals wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald and Keyshawn Johnson. So Cliff Kingsbury's been mixing up his packages. He's actually been getting more uh, uh, 12 personnel into the game. He's been getting two tight ends out there. He's been getting more 11 personnel out there. So I think it's just particularly interesting that both Max Williams and Charles Clay have been getting out there. Once again, neither one of those guys particularly relevant for fantasy. They might score a touchdown here or there, but I think it's started to give defenses a few more looks. And I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, all that uh, all that. Uh, coincidental that Kyler Murray's playing really well. Uh, he just, in my opinion, he just threw the ball the best he's ever thrown it. So Kyler Murray uh, against the Falcons last week, a really impressive game. Um, so I, I would anticipate going back to the well with Kyler Murray this week, especially in this matchup against a bad team. Okay. Um, what about the skill guys around him then, based on what you just said about the personnel groupings they're using? Who do you well, really like and who's not really an option? 
Well, David Johnson, I'd like to like more than I do, but they've been playing Chase Edmonds like 30% of the snaps, which is not, I mean, it's not bad. It's not really holding David Johnson down, but David Johnson has not been getting it done on the ground this year, which is a problem. He's averaging just 3.9 yards per carry. Where he's been getting it done the last few weeks, though, is through the air. He has either six catches or 50 or more yards in five of six games this year. He scored receiving touchdowns in three games this year. They have gotten him going in the passing game. So even though Chase Edmonds is playing a little bit more than uh, than you would uh, like to see, uh, if you were uh, if you were a David Johnson owner, the one thing that you can say is he is getting it done in the passing game, and it's helping to offset some of the uh, some of the deficiencies in the run game that the Cardinals have had. So David Johnson, it's impossible to rank him outside the top ten at running back this particular week. Meanwhile, Chase Edmonds remains one of the premier handcuffs in all of fantasy football, though he doesn't necessarily have uh, any value on his own. The big question I have is uh, is if Christian Kirk's going to play here. It looks like he is going to get out there. Um, there, It seemed like there was a shot he could play last week. Uh, he didn't. It's a bummer because it was a really great uh, matchup. Um, but he's going to play the slot here. Both he and Larry Fitzgerald are going to play the slot against the Giants. That is where you want to get after him. They have Grant Haley, uh, the corner. He was an undrafted guy out of Penn State. Uh, he is very exploitable. Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, both on the wide receiver two radar this week against the Giants. Um, let's move on to the Texans and the Colts and the Texans two games in a row. Deshaun Watson has not been sacked and Carlos Hyde and everybody likes to make fun of him, Joe, but he's, he's been all right. He's been, I think he's been better than all right. He's given them exactly what they've wanted. And unfortunately that's at the, that's to the detriment of Duke Johnson owners who once again had a game last week where up, they're going to be trailing. They're, they're going to be playing from behind. Here's a Duke Johnson game, and the exact opposite happened. Kansas City came out a little bit sluggish, and even though Carlos Hyde fumbled, Houston was able to control the game on the ground. He had a season-high 26 carries for 116 yards. This week against the Colts, um, it is, a, again, another high-lined, high-total game against an impressive Colts team, a team that just came off the same situation as Houston going to Kansas City and winning a football game. Uh, the Colts, however, have the benefit of resting for a week after doing that. So the Colts are narrow favorites at home. For the Texans, though, that should keep Carlos Hyde involved in this game. So Carlos Hyde, I think, is is once again on that flex radar. The problem is he doesn't contribute a whole lot uh, through the air. So he's kind of like an Adrian Peterson type. We talked about Adrian Peterson a little bit earlier in the podcast. The 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 game flow has to be there. Fortunately, he's on a better team. Now, DeAndre uh, uh, Deshaun Watson uh, made a couple of mistakes last week, but overall he's playing really well. The problem I have is Titus Howard, the rookie right tackle, he's going to miss some time here. Uh, he's going to miss some time with a knee injury. Doesn't look like he's going to miss the season, but that offensive line, as better as it's been, as much better as it's been since they've acquired Laramie Tunsil and they inserted those rookies into the lineup, it takes a blow, and you wonder if it's going to take a step back this week, which could hurt not just Carlos Hyde, but could hurt Deshaun Watson as well. Um, right, so what, what else do we need to know about the Texans' skill guys? You mentioned Duke Johnson. 
Um, how about the drops by Will Fuller? Man? Oh man, uh, three of them, and I had him in DFS again. Uh, did not work nearly as well as it did the week before. Um, but uh, Will Fuller, look, he dropped three touchdowns. You know what Will Fuller is. The question people want answered is DeAndre Hopkins. What the hell's going on with DeAndre Hopkins? Now he still leads this team in targets. He has eight more targets than Will Fuller. But but Ross, what's with the Jason Witten stat lines for DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, nine catches for 55 yards uh, on 12 targets. I mean, this is not what you drafted De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins to do. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he actually dropped a touchdown last week as well. Will Fuller had the spectacular ones, but Hopkins dropped one as well. And, and uh, Watson ended up being getting picked off on the next play last week. Uh, Hopkins, here is the big problem, the lack of touchdowns. He has just one target inside the 10 this year. He had 15 last season to lead the NFL. That seems fluky to me. That seems like at this time last year when everybody was complaining about Julio Jones not scoring touchdowns, that seems like it's bound to regress. The problem is the average throw to DeAndre Hopkins is really short. Like I said, uh, making the joke about it being a, a Jason Witten stat line, I'd like to see them stretch the field a little bit more here against the Colts with DeAndre Hopkins. But ultimately, we need to see him get in the end zone. Yep. Um, on the other side, the Colts, after a bye, who should we be talking about there against this Texans D? Good week to stream uh, Jacoby Brissett. Looks like Bradley Roby's going to miss some time. Uh, Jonathan Joseph was a, was a surprising scratch last week against the Chiefs, which certainly contributed to Tyreek Hill scoring two touchdowns in that game. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, the great news here is they're coming off a bye. I think T.Y. Hilton is a great DFS play. People might have forgotten about him a little bit, uh, given the fact that that he hasn't really played well in a couple of weeks. They were on bye last week. He had the quiet game against, against uh, Kansas City. I think Brissette and T.Y. Hilton stacks in DFS are kind of sneaky this week. Meanwhile, Marlon Mack, as a favorite at home, I think this is a good spot for him as well, though I would just keep in mind that if this this game is up near the 50-point total, it's currently lined at 48 points. If this game is up near 50 points, um, Marlon Mack's role might be a little bit reduced, and it might be more focused on Naeem Hines, T.Y. Hilton, in that passing game. So I have Marlon Mack as an RB2, but I think T.Y. Hilton, Jacoby Brissett, maybe not the, the stack that you're going to want to that your eye is immediately going to be drawn to this week. But because there are so many viable quarterback options in DFS this week, Jacoby Brissett might be one to sneak through the cracks. Then we move on to the rest of their skill guys. Um, What else do we need to know about their other skill guys and their matchup against Houston? Well, uh, I think T.Y. Hilton is the, really the other guy. Hilton, the, the thing about the Colts is right now they're a pretty narrow fantasy team uh, with, with no Devin Funches. T.Y. Hilton uh, is a wide receiver, too. Uh, Marlon Mack is a borderline running back one. Jacoby Brissett is a stream-worthy quarterback. And then you can maybe play Naeem Hines as a flex in, in projected high-scoring games, which this one is. Uh, and then if you play Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle, you just have to pray for a touchdown because they're canceling each other out right now. So really, it's a narrow fantasy team that uh, there's only a few names you really need to focus on. Curious about this next matchup, Joe. It's the Raiders coming off a of bye. Against the Packers, Raiders appear to be getting Gabe Jackson back, and they're running the crap out of the ball. 
Yeah, here's the problem, though. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news this week, but the Raiders right tackle Trent Brown has uh, apparently been accused of multiple domestic violence incidents over the last couple of years. And we have to see how either the Raiders or the NFL is going to handle that. That would be obviously a big loss for a Raiders in a really uh, important um a really important uh, situation for both the organization and the league. Um, so that could put a damper on on Josh Jacobs. Now Jacobs, he's been really kind of win loss dependent uh, in uh, in his games. Uh, he's averaging uh, nearly uh, 120 yards from scrimmage in their three wins, and uh, in the games he's played in two losses, just uh, just 71.5 yards. So. Against Green Bay, against this defense, road underdogs, he's a little bit scarier, but Green Bay has been beaten on the ground. That's really where teams have gotten after them. Uh, we saw the Eagles do it. We saw the Cowboys do it. So we saw the Vikings do it. So that's that's an interesting spot for Josh Jacobs. I think he's more of an RB2 this week, especially if Trent Brown isn't going to play. Um, Derek Carr, not particularly appealing to me. There are way better options this week. Like I would actually rather play Joe Flacco than Derek Carr this week. Um, I, I do want to see uh, if Tyrell Williams is able to get back because Tyrell Williams uh, has scored in all four games that he's played this year. And hopefully that bye week allowed him to rest his hip and foot after uh, also uh, missing last week's game over in London. Um, I, I think uh, I think this is a really good matchup. The, the Packers don't shadow their corners typically and Tyrell Williams typical matchup would be Kevin King uh, and, and he can blow right past him so this is a good spot for Tyrell Williams and you're playing Darren Waller each and every week as well okay and then on the other side the Packers pretty remarkable what Aaron Rodgers does no matter who the wide receivers are is Alan Lazard a name to know and what about oh, these two yeah. running backs I mean, Alan Lazard, this is somebody that uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking up. And, and now he comes in last week and he plays what, like 25% of their snaps in that Monday night game, uh, mostly just because Valdez Scantling and Geronimo Allison got dinged up. He comes in 23% of the snaps, but he play, makes uh, he has five targets. And to be quite honest with you, it, it seemed like he made more plays than Valdez Scantling and Geronimo Allison have made all year. And we know how important trust is with a wide receiver with Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers was raving about him after the game. So uh, unfortunately, uh, we're a day late with this podcast or else I would have been screaming to everybody, go pick him up because this might have been the emergent Packer wide receiver that people were that people were looking to have here with Lazard, I would expect him to get a lot of opportunities this week, especially if Geronimo Allison can't play. Right. Um, how are you handling the running back situation? Uh, I don't know how I'm handling the running back situation, and I don't know how Matt LaFleur is handling the running back situation, and I'm not sure Matt LaFleur knows how Matt LaFleur is going to handle the running back situation. Uh, Aaron Jones, you thought, finally. Dallas. Oh my God. He comes out. He scores four touchdowns. He looks like the best running back in football. He's putting up nearly 200 yards from scrimmage. And then he comes out last week against the lions, loses a fumble, drops a touchdown pass. Meanwhile, Jamal Williams comes back from injury and looks like the next coming of Earl Campbell. So I, I don't really know what's going to happen here in this backfield. Uh, I truly believe they're going to play the hot hand more often than not. Aaron Jones has been that guy. I have Aaron Jones ranked higher, but Jamal Williams is worth owning right now and plugging in as a flex play in the event he has one of those games. This, this We know what they want to do. 
Devontae Adams is banged up. We don't know if he's going to be back this week. The Packers have told you we want to run the football. And whether that's Aaron Jones, whether that's Jamal Williams, or whether it's both of them at the same time, they are going to do that. I have Aaron Jones as a a low-end running back one this week and Jamal Williams as a high-end flex. Okay, let's get to the Vikings and the Lions. This is interesting. Vikings obviously flying high through the air right now, but the Lions' pass defense has been or had been at least pretty good. What do you have on the Vikings, Joe? Well, the Vikings also uh, on the road uh, have been playing under the total quite a bit, so that's something to keep in mind. And you also have to factor into account. The Vikings are coming off games against two of the worst pass defenses in the NFL, um, they, they against the Giants and the Eagles. I mean, I'm sure you watched the tape from last week, Ross. Uh, I, there was zero resistance from the Eagles' corners against those those receivers. And as good as Diggs and Thielen are, I just don't think you can expect that to happen every week. Uh, and I would think on the road that they want to get Dalvin Cook going after a pretty bad game. So to me, this is a Dalvin Cook game. Detroit has the personnel to stop the run, but the Lions are actually giving up the third most fantasy points per game to running backs. There's just something missing there with Snacks, Harrison, Gerard Davis, and the boys. They're just not getting it done. Uh, And and obviously, we just talked about the Packers. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams got after them last week on the ground. So for me, this is a Dalvin Cook game. Um, uh, Now, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, at this point, I feel like you've seen their ceilings the last couple weeks. They're probably too dangerous to sit, but I don't think you can expect them to carry your lineup. And I don't know if this is a, a, a at least in DFS cash games, if this is a matchup against Darius Slay and the boys, um, I, I don't think this is a matchup you're going to want to look to exploit. Uh, Diggs does play in the slot, uh, or excuse me, Thielen plays in the slot. So if I were to play one of these guys for DFS, it would be him. Okay, um, then you've got the Lions on the other side, and who are we looking at there? I, I like how they were kind of bombs away against the Packers for a while there. I, I think um, Matthew Stafford's really happy about what Daryl Bevel's kind of uh, unlocked in this offense, um, the downfield passing, and also I think Matthew Stafford being healthier really factors in. Remember, one of the underreported things is you know we we heard oh you know Carson Wentz was playing through the back injury, and and obviously that's testament to Car- Carson Wentz, but I think it was kind of underreported that Matthew Stafford was doing the same thing, and it was really hurting his uh his, his production last year. But the new offense has had him going down the field. Um, the problem is. Um, in 10 games against Mike Zimmer coach defenses since 2014, Matthew Stafford's averaged just 210 passing yards and 11 touchdowns. So this is not the greatest week for Stafford to really get it going. Um, uh, Xavier Rhodes, the one thing I will say, Xavier Rhodes cannot run anymore. And I wouldn't be shocked to see Kenny Galladay get behind him for a play. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Kenny no. Galladay, I wouldn't be shocked to see him score a long touchdown in this game. The guy who I think is just on the verge of breaking out is TJ Hawkinson. He dropped the touchdown pass last week. He continues to see massive red zone work. Um, He had 131 yards in week one against the Cardinals, just 56 yards over his last four games combined. But that includes multiple dropped touchdowns from Hawkinson. I think he's ready to break out. He is a lower-end sneaky DFS play in this matchup against the Vikings who have really had some trouble with tight ends this year. So let's let's move on. Anything else to say about the Lions? 
Well, Carryon Johnson, you just keep playing him. He was frustrating last week because it looked like that was going to be a matchup that you could really exploit. Um, it, it didn't necessarily happen that way. At least he got in the end zone. But you continue to play Carryon Johnson as a running back, too, and understand that his floor is kind of as a flex, but he does have hammer RB1 upside. Okay. Um, then before we get to Jags Bengals, I do every once in a while, Joe, like to make a little bit of a, a mention about something. And for me today, it's keeps, bro. Not cool. Started recognizing I was losing my hair, I don't know, eight years ago, early 30s. Didn't do anything about it for like a year or two. Then I found out there's actually two FDA-approved drugs. One is a topical uh, that I put on my hair in the morning and at night. One is a pill that I take in the morning. And guess what? The facts are they're FDA-approved for a reason and... I don't even have to go to a doctor anymore for them. I just go to Keeps.com. I am a Keeps member. Almost all of you are going to experience hair loss at some point. All I can tell you is, trust me, as someone that's been down the road, Keeps is by far the best way to go about trying to keep your hair. And my number one recommendation is to start before you really start to see a lot of loss. It takes 50% hair loss before you actually see that you're thinning or balding in a certain area. Keeps, you just fill out something online, take a picture of your head like I did twice when I renewed it as well, and you're good to go. You get the medicine in the mail, save time, save money. If you're ready to finally take some action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash feast and you'll get your first month of treatment for free why would you not get your first month of treatment for free k-e-e-p-s dot com slash feast again k-e-e-p-s dot com slash feast keeps dot com slash feast you get your first month of treatment free what is the treatment for whatever ailed the jags offense on sunday against the saints joe it's jags Bengals. Well, here's the the treatment for it, Ross. Play the Bengals. That's the treatment. Fortunately for them, that's exactly who's on the schedule. And this is an utter hammer, smash, sledgehammer, mallet, whatever, whatever uh, uh, homonym or whatever, uh, whatever uh, thesaurus word you want to open up for hammer. That's what this spot is for Leonard Fournette. Uh, I have him ranked number one this week. He's averaging 28 touches per game over his last three games. The Bengals have given up 10 touchdowns to running backs, the second most receiving yards to the position. This is a hammer spot for Leonard Fournette. If you are going to start a cash lineup with the easiest, highest floor play of the week, it is Leonard Fournette at the running back position. It is a smash spot for him. After what happened with Gardner Minshew in the passing game last week, I would anticipate the Jaguars to start this game on the ground with Leonard Fournette. Love it. Okay. I like you going in strong there. What else? Who else do we need to know about in the Jags offense? Well, guess what? It's also a great spot for TJ Chark. Uh, the Bengals are going to be down their top two cornerbacks, William Jackson and Drake Kirkpatrick. TJ Chark had a really tough game uh, against Marshawn Lattimore last week. Um, uh, Chark didn't see him exclusively, but I think only caught two passes in his coverage last week. I think DJ Chark is going to smash this week as well. Leonard Fournette, and or DJ Chark, I think both of them can go in your DFS lineups. Uh, sometimes uh, guys really don't like stacking a running back with a wide receiver, but I wouldn't be surprised if over half the Jaguars' yards this week come from Chark and Leonard Fournette. Hmm. Okay. 
Meanwhile, on the other side for the Bengals, I have two words for you, Joe. Auden Tate. Dude, that guy's unbelievable. I watched a lot of that Ravens game. That guy is unbelievable. I'll tell you one thing about him. And and the reason he was a late-round draft pick, you know, is because he can't run. Um, But the Bengals are putting him in a position to succeed. He's got some Alshon Jeffrey in his game. He's got got that that wingspan, that contested catch element to his game. And I got two more words for you, Ross. Jalen Ramsey. He got traded. There's going to be no Jalen Ramsey in this matchup. I think Auden Tate is in line for another double-digit game here against the Jacksonville Jaguars. No Jalen Ramsey is great news for him. Okay. Um, what else, Bengals-wise, do we need to know about? Uh, Cordy Glenn came back to practice this week. It would really, really help their offensive line and Joe Mixon if he were to be able to play. Um, not a great spot for Andy Dalton. There's so much. There's so many good quarterbacks this week that I probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't be playing him. And uh, DJ Hayden out of the slot. I think one of the underrated because everybody's been talking about Jalen Ramsey. One of the underrated. Uh, uh, players this year for the Jaguars has been DJ Hayden out of the slot. He's been one of the top slot corners, according to Pro Football Focus. I think just fifth fewest uh, yards in in slot coverage, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, per snap. DJ Hayden's doing a really good job, and Tyler Boyd's coming off a bad game. So just keep that in mind. But I think it's a good game for Auden Tate, and maybe better than you think for Joe Mixon if Cordy Glenn comes back. The other problem for Joe Mixon, though, is – uh. Uh, they'll be without John Miller, the guard. He hurt his groin in week six. Uh, uh, I, I have Mixon as a flex play this week. Auden Tate's the guy I'm really focusing on. Okay. Um, the the Dolphins are going back to Fitzmagic yeah. in Buffalo. Miami at Buffalo. The Miami Dolphins, Joe. Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they're going against that Bills D. Really, really good Bills defense. Um, no no Josh Rosen here. And now, look, if they want to win the game, I think they're making the right call. Um, but I feel bad for Josh Rosen. I, I tweeted this out this week. I just said, look, just let him go to the Patriots and back up Brady for three years, and let's be done with it. And then let, let him try to press the reset button. I mean, this guy should be able to file some sort of claim against Steve Wilkes. I, I mean, it, it's just I, – I feel bad for him. I really, truly do. But they're going back to Fitz, and it's a Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game, if that interests you at all, Ross. Um, we've seen Fitzpatrick win in this spot before. He's just doing it uh, against a really good defense with a god-awful roster around him. Um, I, I've said it before on this podcast. I'm going to say it again. I've had a no Dolphins policy that has uh, actually been very, very successful. However, Preston Williams, uh, uh, 25 targets over, I believe, the last three games, but he's caught just eight of them. Now, who's that on? Is that on Rosen? Is that on Preston Williams? Could be on both of them. The guy who I've started to focus on a little bit for fantasy is Mark Walton, the running back out of the University of Miami. He actually started for them in week six. And even though Kenyon Drake got more snaps uh, and touches, Mark Walton had six carries for 32 yards and five catches for 43 yards last week uh, against Washington. If Kenyon Drake gets moved, and we've heard some trade rumors, this is a guy who is going to have fantasy value. I don't care what team you're on. If you're a running back who's getting 15 to 18 touches a week and Walton has shown the ability in the passing game that you could you could factor him in for doing so, he should be on rosters right now with the anticipation that Kenyon Drake gets traded. It's over for Kalen Balazs. Kalen Balazs stinks. Like, it's... He just, he cannot play. Uh, I know he vultured a touchdown last week, but that's besides the point. Um, 
it's going to be Mark Walton or Kenyon Drake. Walton is the guy I've been focusing on. And while I don't want to start anybody, I, I'm starting nobody from this team against the Buffalo Bills. Mark Walton could be somebody who's a contributor down the line. Okay. Um, what about for the Bills coming off the bye against the Dolphins? Yeah, start Josh Allen. Uh, uh, he's he's going to be uber popular for DFS this week. Um, I actually have him only at eight this week, and that just goes to show you how good the rest of the quarterback position is. But he's going to be really, really popular. And I'm interested to see what the backfield rotation looks like because the Bills have been uber cautious with Devin Singletary, the rookie running back uh, with the hamstring injury. Um, this is going to be his first game back. I wonder if they're going to ease him back in. And I think that's going to make the ownership percentages for both uh, Frank Gore and, of course, Singletary lower than they should be in DFS. It's just because we don't really know what the balance is going to be. But I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Devin Singletary as a cheap DFS flex, especially on a PPR site like DraftKings, because I, I, I think people have just utterly forgotten about him, and this is a great matchup. It's also a great matchup for John brown uh in the in, in the um in, in the on the occasion that Xavier howard misses another game so uh Xavier howard missed last week with a knee injury you would think he would match up with john brown if he plays but that is certainly a matchup that you uh have to with that you have to uh look at here uh and dawson knox is the interesting guy here at tight end position the Dolphins really, I mean, they're not giving up production to the tight ends, but the only decent one they've really played is Mark Andrews in week one, who went for 108 yards and a touchdown. I think Dawson Knox has some low-end DFS appeal. I actually wouldn't mind stacking Josh Allen with Dawson Knox, especially if Z if uh, if Xavier Howard plays and is able to cover John Brown. Okay. Um, how about the final game for episode one? It's Jalen Ramsey. And the L.A. Rams, who couldn't do diddly-poo against the Niners, against the defense that is the cure-all for everybody, the Atlanta you, Falcons. Why don't you start with the Rams? If you can't do diddly-poo against this defense, uh, you got bigger problems than Jalen Ramsey uh, joining your defense. I'll tell you that much, because Atlanta is atrocious. I mean, this is this defense is worse than Philly right now uh, in, in the secondary. And uh, Atlanta's, although, the, of course, they... They don't have Keanu Neal, which is, which is a huge loss, but they're a little healthier on the back end um, uh, uh, with, uh, without uh, the uh, outside of Philly. Philly is, has way more injuries on the back end outside of the Keanu Neal injury that the Falcons have. But the Falcons have allowed three straight top five quarterback uh, performances, 13 combined touchdowns since Keanu Neal went down. However, Jared Goff has thrown for three or more touchdowns just once in his last 14 games, including the playoffs. Something has got to give here. And we know Jared Goff splits on the road. Ross, uh, it pained me to rank Jared Goff as highly as I did this week against these Falcons, but I just couldn't justify not doing it. I had to put him at number six. There, there's This defense is just so bad that I had to rank him highly. And that goes hand in hand with ranking Cooper Cup. Super. Super, super highly. Uh, the Falcons are terrible in the slot. Uh, Cooper Cup scored fewer than 10 fantasy points last week for the first time in nearly a full season, 14 games. Uh, week That's actually week 15 of 2017 was the last time Cooper Cup went under 10 fantasy points in a PPR. I would think this is a week for Cooper Cup to get back going. I have Cup at number one at wide receiver, and I have Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks also within the top 13. They need to get the passing game going. They need to get Jared Goff comfortable. 
Um, so there's a lot to talk about with this team, and we haven't even touched on the running game. Right. Um, what is there to say about the running game? Well, they lost uh, the left guard Joe Noteboom. Ross, I know you're a big note boom guy. They lost him to a torn ACL. Uh, he's going to be out for the year. They traded for Brown's second-round bust, Austin Corbett, to try to get an, another body in there. We'll see if that works out. The question here is uh, if Todd Gurley is going to play. Uh, Gurley's averaged fewer than four yards per carry in his last four games. He's topped out at six receiving yards in four of his five. They, it, whatever they say, and I mean the tape bears this out too, Gurley's just not the same player. I am convinced that Daryl Henderson is going to win people fantasy leagues. I don't know if it's going to be this week. I don't know if it's going to be next week, but I am convinced that at some point the Rams are going to blow him past Malcolm Brown. And if Todd Gurley can't play at some point in November and December, I think Daryl Henderson's going to be a league winner. I know he messed up last week. There was the mess up on the pitch play. The, the fumble was charged to Jared Goff. It was Henderson's fault and that might be part of the reason he's not getting on the field but you could see the difference last week when he was in the game versus Malcolm Brown and honestly right now Daryl Henderson has more juice in his legs than Todd Gurley I think Daryl Henderson is a is a premier handcuff that should be owned in almost every league I think if Todd Gurley were to go down for an extended period of time the Rams would have no choice with the way this offense is struggling right now but to hand the keys of the backfield to the more explosive player and that's Daryl Henderson Okay, cool. What about the Falcons on the other side? Well, Matt Ryan's thrown for over 300 yards in every single game. Uh, Matt Ryan, believe it or not, is on pace for 5,362 passing yards. That is just under 100 yards shy of Peyton Manning's NFL record. The problem is he plays for a 1-5 in five team. And it's a testament to how bad this defense is that Matt Ryan is putting up these numbers and this team isn't even close to competitive. It is utterly freaking pathetic right now. Uh, Austin Hooper has more fantasy points than Julio Jones this year. Uh, that that that's, goes two ways. It tells you what kind of year Austin Hooper's having. It also tells you how disappointing Julio's been, especially given the fact that Matt Ryan's on a record-setting pace. Um, the bad news here for Julio Jones is Jalen Ramsey is going to be there. Now, is Jalen Ramsey going to match up? Is he going to play zone? Because, you know, Wade Phillips likes to do those things. I would think Julio is going to see quite a bit of Jalen Ramsey. Although, Ross, let me just ask you a football question. Did you think it was weird that they traded everything they traded for Jalen Ramsey and just kind of gave Marcus Peters away? Um, it is kind of weird. I think they were just saving money. Um, but That's what I, I, I did think that was kind of weird because um, the Ravens are going to end up getting a third or fourth round compensatory pick probably back for for him um for Marcus Peters so it's like the Ravens are almost like renting Peters for the rest of this year and then they gain by the draft choice choice they get back I just thought it was just a weird move I'm not sure how much sense it made uh, our, our old friend Evan Silva was a little bit harsher on Twitter uh for me but um I, look they're getting a great player I just don't know within the scheme of what they're doing that it made a whole lot of sense within the series of moves. Um, I, I think this could be a good game for Calvin Ridley though, because not only is he probably going to avoid the primary matchup with Ramsey, he's also going to avoid Nikel Roby Coleman in the slot. That's where, where, where Muhammad Sanu is going to get his matchup. So I think it's going to be a bigger Ridley and Hooper game uh, than Sanu and Julio. So uh, I, I think those two guys are going to benefit the most. Joe, that was awesome. You are the man always so pumped 
for episode number two. I should say, by the way, before we even talk about episode number two, take some of the knowledge that Joe just dropped. You already know where you should go. It's called Yahoo Daily Fantasy. It's awesome. Yahoo.com slash Daily Fantasy. They've got a recently released 300K NFL baller contest with 30K going to first place. $10 to enter. You got to check this out today. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little cash. Again, yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. And when you make your first deposit, use promo code POD25 for $25 in free play. That's POD25. Using the promo code POD25 for $25 in free play at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Still got some more games to get to and very, very excited to do that in episode two. Don't go anywhere. If you haven't yet, make sure you check out Even Money Podcast, College Draft Podcast, and switch things up a little bit on you this week. Not only is this a day later than we normally do it, but we also had... Our guy, Greg Cosell, on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. So make sure you check out that. Other than that, I'm stuffed, but not too stuffed that we can't get another fantasy feast in here. Right about now, we'll post to your podcast app shortly after midnight. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.